The list of names for this octave day of Easter is among the longest in the church calendar. They include Thomas Sunday, Dominica and Albis, Divine Mercy Sunday, Quasimodo Sunday, White Sunday, Low Sunday, etc. And this is by no means exhaustive. Rather than try to explain the meaning behind each one, we can see that all of them point to facets of a single reality. Like light refracted from a prism, the solemnity of Easter casts an array of different colors that expand the whole of the liturgical year. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is, in fact, the birth of the Church's life and activity. To unpack this more fully, let us turn our attention to a tradition associated with today's celebration. In Roman missals dating to the 15th century, there are records that the newly initiated Catholics at the Easter Vigil would have worn their white baptismal robes to the liturgy until Saturday of the octave. In one 1604 edition, the title In Albis, or In White Garments, was applied also to the following Sunday, the octave day of Easter. The neophytes would lay aside the outward symbol of innocence which they had been wearing, but they also had to give a solemn promise to maintain the inward purity of the soul. Godparents would escort the newly baptized to another font, which was consecrated for the ritual washing of the baptismal robes. By this public ceremony, the Church thus restored the new disciples of Christ to their ordinary stations in life. This solemn moment was intended as much for the neophytes as it was for all those in attendance. The sight of the white garments, combined with the mystagogical catechesis given by the bishop or pastor, would have made for quite the experience. It would have been as if the risen Christ himself were in their midst. In fact, those who have emerged from the Church's font as her children, God indeed recognizes as his own. They are the resurrected Jesus in their own flesh, bearing no stain of original sin, even as Christ was without sin. Their conformity to the Son of God, however, does not make them immune to this world's trials and temptations. The visible markings of Jesus' passion after his resurrection has great implications for a theology of suffering. Not even death could dissolve the union he accomplished with our human nature. Since we are the extension of the Son's incarnation in space and time, as members of his body, we share his life and his death. So when today we hear St. Thomas' confession, My Lord and my God, we see the mysterious power of Jesus' wounds. That power, the Apostle realized, had bridged the gap between himself and all times and places. Christ's sufferings were now his own. The marks of the Passion were like a mirror in which Thomas could see his disbelief for what it, for what it really was. It was as much a wound at his conscience as the physical marks on Jesus' body. What Thomas learned for the first time in the upper room is the same lesson we have hopefully all come to accept. His God, it turns out, was not the kingly warlord of Israel, but the suffering, crucified, and risen Christ, a God who came to inhabit the human condition and chose to remain there.
This required the most radical of conversions, no less radical from the one we all must undergo as baptized Christians. We do not worship an idol of our own imagination, but the one God in spirit and in truth. We are but sojourners on this earth, no longer of the world, but living in it to accomplish the will of him who sent us. Like the newly baptized, we understand that death did not end with the sacraments of initiation, but is ongoing. It is a continual self-denial as the fulfillment of the resurrection of Jesus in our mortal bodies. I mentioned earlier that the Paschal Mysteries are the birth of the Church's life and activity. One could go even further and declare that they are all one single reality. Heaven must continue to receive the risen Jesus until the time of universal restoration. For the Church, says St. Paul, is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Everyone who has been baptized into Christ has put on Christ. They are the true neophytes who have shut out the world from their hearts, keeping their white garments clean. Like the apostles in the upper room, they are the friends of God who see the risen Lord with spiritual eyes. If they believe without seeing, then they will indeed see greater things with the eyes of faith. <laughs>